betrayal. Why do those who say they love us hurt us the most? They say there's a thin line between love and hate, and I agree. Sometimes that line becomes so blurred that at times it seems to be almost non-existent. Love. We often wonder if those we are in relationships with really do love us. But the real question, the one that matters the most, is do we really know who these people are? Sometimes we find out who these people are in the nick of time, and we are saved from a great deal of heartache and pain. But sometimes we find out who they really are, and it's just too late. Welcome to the Black Rose, a true crime podcast, and I'm your host and producer, Ty Williams. This is episode two, I Am My Brother's Keeper, the story of Deanna Bryce. Hey guys, welcome to the Black Rose, and I'm your host, Ty Williams. First off, I want to start this episode by saying Happy New Year to each and every one of you. I hope your year is off to a good start, and I wish you nothing but blessings, peace, and prosperity. I also want to apologize for my late posting of this episode but due to unforeseen circumstances and a setback in my health, I just wasn't able to post the episode when I thought I would be able to. But with that being said, I digress. So let's get into it. This story is the epitome of it, what it means to betray someone, the epitome of betrayal especially from someone who says they love you, someone that is supposed to be your partner and your protector. This story is about a beautiful young woman by the name of Deanna Bryce. Deanna Bryce was born on April 15, 1995 to her parents, Betty Cellini and Gary R. Bryce Sr. in Drexel Hill, PA. She was one of six siblings, who all loved her immensely. And as a young child, Deanna loved helping her mother care for her grandmother, Betty's mother. This gave her a great joy, which is a testament of how she was just a loving soul. She was just a beautiful person inside and out. I mean, she loved to dance and listen to music, especially in the company of her friends and family, you know, among those she adored. When she was about 17 years old, she gave birth to her beautiful son, Amin, AJ for short, whom she described as her greatest gift in life. She was a loving mother to Amin. She made sure he was well taken care of and provided for him. I mean, that's just who she was. 
After graduating from high school with a high school diploma in 2019, she continued to care for others by working alongside her mother, Betty, as a caregiver for the same company her mother worked for. Deanna also had a love in her life, a new love. And she met her new love through her best friend, Taylor, Taylor Kaiser. Taylor was not only Deanna's best friend, but she was also the half-sister of the new love of Deanna's life, whose name was Justin Smith. So the two met in about September 2020, and maybe three months into the meeting, they began a serious relationship and started to date. And uh, they became a couple. I mean, things were going well, you know, I mean, really well, especially in Justin's eyes, because in a short amount of time, he was ready for marriage. I mean, he was talking marriage and he spoke to Deanna about it and he's saying, hey, girl, I love you and this is what I want to do and I'm feeling you and I think this is where I want to be. And Deanna's like, "Mm, I really like where we are too, but I'm not quite ready for marriage, but I'm definitely digging a relationship. So they settled in, kept things going, and just each other enjoyed each other for, you know, the remaining time. Uh, soon after, though, Tiana realized she was pregnant. And I mean, she was overjoyed, to say the least. And Justin at the time seemed to be excited as well, but soon trouble would be on the horizon. See, Deanna confided in her best friend Taylor that she believed Justin was cheating on her. I mean, her suspicions were pretty much bolstered by the fact that she believed that Justin had given her an STI or STD. And this really upset Deanna beyond measure. I mean, how could someone she loved put her and their unborn baby at risk Even more so, how could someone she loved and someone who says that he loved her betray her and break her heart? She decided there was only one thing to do, and that was to confront Justin. She explained to her best friend that she was going to get tested, and when she got those results back, if they proved to be positive, she was done with him. So at this point, I wasn't able to really decipher from all my research if she actually found out if he positively infected her. But that's neither here nor there to me because obviously she had some type of symptoms and she felt some unease where she felt as though this was an issue. And we as women, even men, We know when our bodies are feeling something that, you know, it just isn't right. We know when things are just not right, period. And she confided in her friend with these facts and she was really upset and she wanted to know, like, what he was doing, what happened, who he was sleeping with. Like, what are you doing out on these streets while you have a whole woman at home pregnant with your child whom you say you love. And in Deanna's defense, she shared with her best friend Taylor that she wasn't seeing anyone else. The reason I am putting this out is that we know for facts 
that women, even men, when we talk to our best friends, those who are under the strict confidence of um, our trust and everything we lie dear to us, if we share that, that's truth. And I believe deep down in my heart, Deanna wasn't seeing anyone else. She was being truthful with Taylor and she expressed how upset she was by the fact that he had the nerve to disrespect her, to be sleeping with someone else, knowing she's pregnant with his child. And I don't know. I just feel that there should be even more care per se when um, dealing with someone that you love and it's one thing to treat cheat on them but when you have a life another life involved that does not have any control over what happens you know in the situation you should be ever so mindful and careful even more so than you would with just one individual but I digress now Deanna was pregnant with Justin's son, but she also, or child, we don't know if it was a son or daughter. As of now, I don't know. But she also had a four-year-old son whom she had when she was about 17, because at the time of this incident, she was about 21. And that situation didn't work out with Amin's father. And she just decided that no matter what, she was going to move forward. That wasn't going to hinder her from being with someone she loved and wanted to spend her life with. She took her chances on Justin, and she really thought this would work. So at some point, Deanna, she did confront Justin. And you know what Justin did? Instead of him listening, taking it all in, and maybe lamenting on his transgressions, possible transgressions, he decided to flip the script and turn it all on her. And he expressed to her that he felt as though she was cheating on him. Why are you calling me with this nonsense when it's you that is cheating on me? (laughs) Now, we know this could go either way but I truly believe that Deanna was all in she loved Justin she loved her child her unborn child and the child she had a four-year-old but I believe she was all in this relationship and I believe that she was truly dedicated to him. She wasn't sleeping with anyone else. If she was, this is something you're going to share with your best friend. Okay? If this one person in the world that we'll tell the truth to, it's a best friend. We tell our bestie everything. But again, I digress. So he flipped the script. He blames it on her and says, well, if you have an STD, um, it's because you were treating on me and that's what you got. That's how you got it and that's what you get. Bullshit. I call bullshit all day long, Justin. 
with that being said, they had their discussion. She made her point and she let him know that I'm not going to continue in a relationship with a man that doesn't respect me or our unborn child and the safety and health and care of that unborn child. You could care less. I'm letting this go. But Justin wasn't having that. And he began to go back and forth, back and forth with Deanna through text and phone call. And she confided in in her best friend, Taylor, that this is what was going on. And she was just so fed up, so over it. And she expressed to Taylor, like, I just want to get these results. When I find out what's going on, I'm so done with him. But either way, I'm going to confront this asshole pretty much. I'm I'm, I'm ad-libbing, but I pretty much feel that was her sentiment. But again... I digress. So, on the day of March 30th, Deanna and her mother were actually doing laundry. And they were at the K laundromat. And again, I told you in the beginning that um, Deanna was born in Drexel Hill, but she grew up in Upper Darby, like the Lansdale area. And this actual laundromat uh, was in the Lansdale area. It was was the K laundromat. And during this time, Deanna's mother, Betty, she goes in and she starts to put the laundry away and she's getting the coins and getting everything situated. And Deanna stayed in the car. Betty could sense that she was frustrated or upset about something and she didn't bother her. She let her sit in the car and whatever was going on, she was just trying to let her feel her feels and let her be in her way. And she went in and did her laundry and well started her laundry. And after a while, she comes back out to the car and Deanna is no longer alone. Deanna's boyfriend, the father of her unborn child, is now in Betty's car. Deanna is in the front seat and Justin is in the back seat. So Betty's a little perplexed. Okay, so where did this fool come from? Now she knows that's Deanna's boyfriend and she knows that's the father of Deanna's unborn child. But of course, Deanna at some point shared with her mother the transgressions of her significant other at some point. And I'm sure Betty already had some ill feelings. And I believe these feelings didn't just come from that situation at that time, but also previous incidences that um, we might not be privy to. But as a mother, I believe that um, other things had transpired. But again, I digress. And they were in the car together and Betty comes out and she asked Justin, hey, what are you doing here? And he's like, before he can answer, Deanna's like, listen, I'm going to ride with him. Um, 
you know, I had a doctor's appointment today. I actually had an appointment to pick up some medication. And I'm just going to go with him and run these errands and get this taken care of. Okay. As a mom, what are you going to say? This is your grown daughter. This is her business she's taking care of. But of course, Betty's like, okay. Well, I'll see you later. Call me later. I'll see you later. So... Justin and Deanna leave. And I don't know, and it's not very clear on what they actually did from the point of leaving the laundromat to the point of where things ended up, and I'll get to that. But um, point blank, Deanna didn't make it to an appointment, and she end up calling her mother and asking her mother to pick up that medication that she needed. And it was a medication that was not necessarily for her pregnancy, but it was a medication that she needed on a regular basis for herself personally. So it was enough and more, uh, it was important enough for her mom to be concerned and say, hey, if she can't get it, let me go get this medication because it's something that definitely um, Deanna needs. So, you know, she doesn't speak to Deanna after that. Um, she goes and she heads to this appointment that she was supposedly um, supposed to be at that Deanna was supposedly supposed to make and she didn't make it. They informed her and she also... Um, even though she asked her mother to pick up this medication, she didn't show up either to pick up the medication. So, of course, she was the one that was supposed to pick up the medication before she even asked her mother. But, again, that's neither here nor there. Her mom ran the errand for her, and she just knows that her daughter did not end up being where she said she would be. So, that particular day, Betty had to work in the evening. And... She hadn't heard from Deanna since they left the K laundromat. Justin and Deanna left. This is earlier in the day. And she hasn't spoken to her daughter since. And that is very unusual. Deanna and Betty have a great relationship. Um, and even when there are times of stress and um, discord, they still remained close and were able to communicate and share with each other. And this was unusual that she could not get in contact with her daughter. Her daughter was not answering her phone calls. Her daughter was not asking, answering rather her texts. Um, and she began to become worried. So she finally got in touch with Justin and she said, listen, Justin, where is Deanna? I've been calling her all day. She hasn't answered me back. I know she left with you. What is going on? Where's my kid? Let me speak to her. Oh, um, yeah, well, we got in an argument earlier and, um, I dropped her off at, like, uh, 57th and like Springfield somewhere like that like just blase about the whole thing so she's like what what do you mean now 
I'm from Philly, and this area, basically, that he so-called dropped her off is southwest Philadelphia. In that particular area, it's like a dumping ground, like a dump site. Like, people take trash, they take tires, like, it's just a whole mess. And for him to express to her mother that the reason that Deanna's not with him is because they got in an argument and she decided to get off and walk. That's what he told her. She decided to get out and walk because she was upset. And this was the area that her I let her out at. I call bullshit, Justin. Anyone from Philly, when I bring up this area, you know the area I'm speaking of and you know goddamn well a pregnant woman is not going to get out of her car and say, you know what? I'm so angry. Let me off here. Go about your way. It's just not conducive to the truth. Okay. Let's, let's just be honest. Justin, I don't believe you. You need more people. Put it that way. But this is the story he stuck to. This obviously made... Deanna's mother really upset because she knows the area and she knows this is not a place that someone would want to be left at or someone would be wanting to roam alone. So Betty tells Justin, listen, if I don't hear from my daughter before it's time for me to go to work today, I'm calling the cops. And I'm reporting my child missing. You hear me? And what does Justin say? (laughs) You want to know what he says? I'll tell you what he said and how he said it. He tells Deanna's mother, you bet not call. I dare you. Don't you dare call the cops. You wait for me to call you. I'll find her. And when I find her, I'll call you. And until then, you sit still. That was basically what he told her mother. Now, can you imagine Betty's feelings and uh, her amazement of how this Negro has the nerve to tell her when and where she's going to report her child missing? That's my child. That ain't your child. But... I'm going off on a tangent. So again, I digress. Let me really back in. So he tells her what he tells her. And I think, and I can't speak for Betty, but I think she was thinking of her daughter at the same time that if she is not missing and she indeed walked off for say some reason that he's telling the truth, I don't want to steer the water, stir the waters, and I don't want to call the cops before it's necessary. But I don't feel comfortable with the situation and something doesn't feel right. So she doesn't initially call the cops. She goes to work and uh, when she gets off work, She sees a post via social media about a car that was on fire. And it was actually on fire near the area where Justin said he had dropped her daughter off earlier that day. 
so of, uh, of course this is going to stir up a mother's um, intuition and um, her intrigue to go find out like hey let me go see what's going on let me see what I see when I get there with my own eyes so she goes out to the site where this car fire is and when she walks up of course the car fires out by then and we just had the after uh, math of what happened and she's able to walk up and look into the car the car again it was burned but she could see without a doubt that this car initially um, was a, 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 a Ford Fusion the same car that Diana's boyfriend Justin had and as she's looking through the burnt out car she could see remnants of burnt clothing that she recognized as the same clothing that she has seen Justin in at some point she saw a bottle of open Hennessy in the car which she knows that Justin drinks and she also saw some spent casings from a firearm. Now, imagine you being Betty. Okay? Imagine you walking up on the scene, knowing that your daughter's missing, knowing that she's with a man that she's constantly having discord with and disagreement. And you walk up and you see this car burnt to a crisp and you see not only the remnants of clothing or other things that you know um, that one is used to having, but you also see spent shells of a gun, a firearm. You can imagine how upsetting this would be. So she's constantly, after this point, she's like, I'm done. Something's wrong. I definitely know something's wrong. She's calling Justin. He's not answering her. Um, she's calling around trying to get answers. No one knows what's going on whatsoever. Doesn't know. So things go silent for a few days. Then on April 5th, a few days later after the initial incident, Cops are called to a site where they find the body of a young pregnant woman that has been left behind. The body is burned. um, And they are also able to tell that um, the victim has been shot. And they found her around 58th and Eastwick. And that was maybe a mile away from where the burnt car was found. And this proved to be for sure Deanna. Through autopsy um, and investigation, it was proven that this was the the body of Deanna Bryce, which is so sad to hear. And before I go forward, it just makes me think of the statistics right now in America. not just black women, but women in general. Childbirth for women isn't the number one cause of death 
when it comes to women um, in childbirth, but it's homicide. And you can look it up yourself and go to the numbers and actually see the um, percentile, but it's true. And women are dying by homicide, pregnant at an all-time high. And it's so unbelievable to me that someone could have so much disdain and have no compassion whatsoever for an individual, whether they know them or not, even if you don't know the person, but for them to be carrying a child and you will still carry out the same violent, disgusting, degrading offense you would on someone that was not bearing a child. It's just maddening and sickening to me. And it just makes you focus on the perspective at hand where this is what's going on today in our society. This is the real world. This is what goes on every day. And some of us turn a blind eye. And the same with uh, human trafficking and other offenses in our community. Some people believe these things aren't actually happening. They're very much so happening, people. Wake up. Know that it's going on. But I digress. So one day, um, Betty is going out into her community and um, doing what she was doing all this time since Deanna was missing and passing out flyers and trying to figure out um, the last uh, whereabouts of her daughter and who may have seen her. She's canvassing, canvassing the area and doing her best to just find out what happened to her daughter. And this particular particular day when she walks out of the home, no sooner than she leaves that she gets a phone call from one of her sons telling her to turn around and come back home. That the detectives were at the home and waiting for her and they needed to speak with her. And that's when they informed her that they had found Deanna's body. And I just want to pause for a second and give Deanna a moment of silence because not only what was it the end of Deanna's life, but her unborn child. So if we could take a second. Thank you. Thank you, guys. So at this point, there's nothing left for Betty to do than to go and um, identify the body. And of course, um, it truly was Deanna and now they have to figure out the main suspects now the first thing that comes into play is Betty explaining to detectives hey I believe 
her boyfriend, Justin, has something to do with this. I just know it. They had such a tumultuous relationship. They weren't getting along. They were going back and forth. The day she goes missing, my daughter's upset. She wasn't in a good place. Next thing I know, they're together. Then they're leaving unexpectedly. They don't go where they say they're going to go. And then I can't get in contact with my daughter. And then she disappears. And the same day she disappears, her boyfriend, the one that I don't like at all, his car is found burned to a crisp with a, a Hennessy bottle, burned clothes, and some goddamn gunshot casings or shell casings left behind. This doesn't take a inch high private eye detective to figure this shit out. Justin has something to do with this. Go find that motherfucker. That was the all about sentiment. And if I was present, that would have that would have been my sentiment as well. He has something to do with this. So they end up going um, to speak with Taylor, who is um, Deanna's best friend and also the half-sister of Justin. And Taylor explains to them that she has not spoken to Deanna since May 30th that day around one something in the afternoon and that conversation via text was saying that she was going to confront Justin and that she was actually meeting up with him that she was with him so let's put this into perspective Taylor speaks to Deanna via text Deanna tells Taylor, I'm with Justin and I'm confronting him and this is it. Like, I'm not dealing with this shit anymore. I'm going to let him know this is the last time you're going to disrespect me. I can take care of this kid by myself. You're not going to be sleeping around and you're not going to blame it on me and you're not going to put my health in jeopardy. And Taylor, of course, this is her bestie, her ride or die. Taylor's basically like, I got you, sis. If that's what you need to do, you're right. Do what you got to do. But then there's no more communication from Brianna to Taylor. And of course, Taylor is like, this is definitely suspicious. I talked to my best friend numerous times a day, every day. It's something as serious as the situation. I definitely know something's wrong if she hasn't gotten back to me yet. So on the other side of town, on the same day of March 30th, they look at the records. And when they ping the phone records back and forth, they can see that Justin um, and Deanna are together at some point in the area that they were in, which was the area that they told Betty they would be in. But then all of a sudden... There is no ping of Brianna's phone, um, but just Justin's. And Justin ends up going to an area 
in Southwest Philly that he actually had a garage, a garage that is similar to a garage you would go to get uh, work done, where you would go to get your tires fixed or your oil change, a garage. Um, and he actually owned or rented this, this property. And when they figure this out, they actually pull up um, surveillance in the area, actually directly across from the garage. Now, this is another thing. When it comes to committing these crimes, <laughs> what the hell are people thinking nowadays? There are cameras everywhere you turn. What the hell makes you think that you are just so clever that you can pull off a crime to the point that you would you would just get away with it and disappear into thin air? Like, I don't understand... And I'm not, I don't want people to get away with murder. I don't, I I definitely don't justify, you know, these situations. But I'm like, damn, if I, I definitely could do a better job than these dumbasses when committing these crimes. There are cameras everywhere. You're doing everything out in the open. Like, whatever, asshole. Again, I digress. So they pull up the surveillance and they see Justin pull up to this garage in his Ford Fusion. So obviously this video was taken the same day as and around the same time that Deanna was missing because the car is intact, it's not burned, and it's being driven by Justin Smith. So he pulls up to the garage and before the doors of the garage are opened, he summons or like puts his hand up to the right of him and he looks forward up the street and he's summoning someone over to the car. He's waving over to a person to come over to the car. And when you scan over in the video and you can actually watch the video if you would like to see it online, um, I think the best video would be on um, ID channel um, on the show In Pursuit with John Walsh. I think that's the best video. It's very clear and concise. But he um, basically waves someone to him, telling them to come here. Next thing you know, you see an individual walking down the street towards Justin from the opposite direction. And as the person's coming closer, you can clearly see that it's a female. And this female walks up to Justin, they have like a second of communication and then Justin drives his car completely into the uh, garage and he closes the door. And when the door closes, you see the female walk away and you see her get back into her car. Now she has a white uh, rental car. It's a white car. I'm not going to lie and say I remember the make and model. I do not. But you will be able to find it if you watch the video. She gets back to her car and she pulls off. Now, I'm not sure how they figured out like how to find where she ended up, but she ends up at a gas station. A Sunoco, not too far away from the garage. And she goes into 
this gas station and she purchases a gas can. Again, idiot. There are video cameras everywhere. You know that you are doing something you have no goddamn well doing and this is what you do on camera for everyone to see. Come on, people. How asinine. But anyway, she gets the gas can and then she goes out and purchases gas and she fills the the gas can up and then they show video of her going back to the garage and not only she pulls up and she opens the trunk of her car and you can see her take the gas can out of the car and you also see what appears to be trash bags in her hand and she walks across the street gas hand gas can and trash bags in hand and she goes back to the garage now when she walks up to the garage the door opens but just enough for her to get under the door and go in and then it closes then you see her come back out and walk back to her car she pulls off but then makes her way back around like she goes around the corner of the block comes back to the garage and as she's pulling up she backs her white rental car up into the garage but Justin only lifts the garage door high enough that the car can just get in to the garage just the back end just the trunk end of the car and with him doing that he actually shuts off view of whatever's going on inside the garage beyond the back end of that white car beyond the trunk but you do see the trunk pop open and you can see Justin and this individual placing something in the trunk we can't see exactly what it is but it was something of significant weight it took some effort to put this whatever it was into the back trunk of this car then the trunk is closed they both pull out and they leave here's the twist of this story the young woman that is seen in the video helping Justin, and I'm going to say helping Justin because obviously she knows Justin. She's there to assist him because she wouldn't take her ass to a gas station, get gas, gas can and trash bags, come back and go to this garage. What the hell is the gas for? Somebody's going to give you a reason why they need you to go get gas and trash bags. So let's not beat around the bush. We know this person was alerted and told what was going on. Justin called this person for help and they were willing to assist. But here is the kicker. The woman that helped him is a young lady by the name of Tylidia Garnett. Tylidia Garnett, um, I'm going to actually call her Junior. And the reason I'm going to call her Junior is because I know her mother. 
And I'm not going to say how I know her mother, but I worked alongside of her mother um, in my field at the same place of business. I don't even say want to say what it was, but... And I actually was very fond of Ty Lydia Garnett Sr., which is Ty Lydia Jr.'s mother, because they both have the same name. She named her daughter after herself. And we were actually close at the time. And when this story came out, I was quite flabbergasted and very upset because I couldn't imagine what Ty Lydia Sr. was going through. This is her child. And I know the type of person that Tylidia Sr. is. I don't know her daughter, but I've worked and known her mother for some years. And she was just a hard worker, um, put her best in everything she ever did. Um, she was just an ace type of person. Strong-willed, um, demanded respect, just a decent individual that I love to spend time with outside of work. And I was upset and hurt because I couldn't imagine what she must have been going through. Um, knowing that her daughter had a hand in this wickedness. But back to the story. I digress. Um, so, yes, the individual's name is Ty Lydia Garnett junior i'm gonna say junior because again this is uh she's named after her uh, mother and she is best friends with justin and i wasn't able to find out if they ever had any type of romantic interaction or relationship but it's just stated that they're best friends and obviously they were pretty close um but whether or not they had been in a relationship before and now they're just friends whatever it may be it's serious because she was willing to take part in such deviousness so with the video and i'm just stating my suspicion my allegations she pulled that car up and backed in to that garage and popped that trunk so that they could lift the body of Deanna Bryce into that trunk because then the trunk is closed. She pulls off. Then Justin pulls off soon after after. So we go back to when the burnt car was found. So it's suspected that they go to this dumping site where the body was found. Ty Lydia pulls up. They dump the body where it was. They go and burn Justin's car. And now they're like, okay, what do we do now? We need to make a run for it. So the, the gig was to, and the plan was to make it to Miami. And on the way to Miami, because Ty Lydia actually drove him. They get in the car together and they just head down 95. They're out. They're on the highway. They're going. And they're trying to get to Miami, but they make 
a pit stop in um their tr- matter of fact they made a pit stop in Atlanta first I believe and they were trying to get to North Carolina or vice versa it wasn't very clear but he has family in North Carolina he has family down there period and that's where he was trying to get to and he ended up um being at a bus station because at some point him and Ty Lydia separate and she makes her way back up north but he makes himself to a gas station and they have video of him um at the gas station and he actually asked a man to use his phone and this man was a pastor he had no idea um what Justin had done he just is being a good civilian and he gives the phone a good Samaritan gives him a phone that'll make a phone call and um thinks nothing of it and then when they police and FBI find that um that's him on the um video surveillance they find this man and have a, a word with him and he says yes I gave him the phone and he called x y and z and from there Justin disappears disappears he hasn't been found yet this was april of 2021 this is january of 2023 and he is still on the run we need to bring him to justice ty lydia was brought to justice just a few days later after the body being found and i hate to say the body after brianna diana i'm sorry being found um and she was um i believe she had three charges um i believe she was charged with um what is the terminology i want to say uh hold on let me get the exact terminology for you um but until i find it i'll explain to you that she had a uh $75,000 bail, which of course she only had to pay 10% of or her family. And so they were able to get her out of jail soon after her being arrested for $7,500. Which is another slap in the family's face. And I understand with the judicial system, there's some in and outs that we're just not privy to but that really is an issue for me um that's hard for a family to have to deal with that they know this person had a hand in their loved one's death and next thing you know they're on the street um that's pretty hard that's pretty hard to digest um, but Ty Lydia was, um, and mind you, she was 21 at the time. She's still just a kid far as I'm concerned, but no, she's an adult and, uh, the judicial, judicial system's eyes. Um, but she was charged with arson, conspiracy, and two counts of abuse of a corpse. Um, and... <laughs> I just want to know, let's go back to someone being best friends with someone. If you're a best friend, and I'm totally getting off the subject, but still kind of staying on topic, but 
best friend calls you with some shit like this, I murdered someone and I need you to come help me with the body. What the hell are you thinking, best friend? Okay, like a best friend, that means I love this person. And yeah, I want to have this person's back. That's my best friend. But this is wrong. I know right from wrong. And I know my best friend is wrong. What do I do? What you don't do is assist them in getting rid of a body that you knew he committed a murder against. Like, that makes no sense to me. And the reason I named this, um, or basically touched on the the subject of betrayal this is someone that you laid with spent time with have gotten pregnant with said you loved and they say they love you and this is what they do and to get back to why he was upset that she even confronted him with the whole you gave me an STD situation and he even made a comment because it was proven the comment was made because she Deanna actually told the best friend and text her the information but he said you know what this baby's better off with me now who says some shit like that the baby's better off with me uh yeah somebody that is uh about to be on some shit, some real devious shit. And now a young lady is gone. Uh, her unborn child is gone. Her four-year-old son, who was four at the time, is left without a mother. And you have parents and siblings and various friends and family members that are left devastated by the actions of a selfish, ignorant prick. Just because you can't have your way or something's not the way you want it doesn't give you the right to basically obliterate someone's life, (laughs) take their life away. And that's what you did, Justin. You took Diana's life away. You took that baby's life away. You devastated a family. And I hope they catch your black ass. And I hope there is no compassion, leniency, uh, uh, mercy shown upon you when you are found. Ty Lydia, you know better. You were raised better. I know you were raised better because I know your mother. How foolish, how dumb you were. This ride and die shit with people? Nah, it's no ride and die. It's right and wrong. Whether it's a loved one, a, a, a mother, father, sibling, boyfriend, girlfriend, husband, wife. When they do something and got no goddamn business doing, that's not for you to back them up. Love is the action of going to that person and saying, listen, this isn't right, fam. You need to turn yourself in you need to give yourself up I don't know word of caution to any friends of mine loved ones don't come to me asking me to help you with shit cause the answer is no no and no again (sighs) 
sorry for my tangent, but this story is very upsetting. And what I take away from this is be ever so mindful and careful of how you get in deep with certain relationships and get to know someone as much as possible. And I know, you know, you can't always know everything about someone, but try to look out for the signs. And when people show you who they are through whatever means, just believe them. Believe them and keep moving. Better safe than sorry. And I'm sorry that this is what happened to Deanna. Now we need to find Justin. He's still out on the streets. He's still free, people. And I'm telling everyone um, in the United States, every state, but especially in Philadelphia, let's come together. If you know someone that knows someone that knows someone that might have any information, please call the Philadelphia Police Department. You can also, if you don't get any um, word back, there is actually a number uh, for the the show that's on ID channel, um, The Pursuit with John Walsh. Um, he actually has a hotline that you can call as well. And that number is 1-833-378-7783. You can call anonymously. You do not have to give your name and information. There is a reward for any information leading to the capture and prosecution of Mr. Smith. Um, And we need all the help we can get to bring um, him to justice and to get justice for Deanna. And we need to keep her family in, in our prayers. And we need to rally around them and do all we can. And if you know something, say something. I don't care about this whole no snitching policy in Philly. It's giving me all bullshit. Put it that way. We got to get over that. Enough's enough. Right is right. Wrong is wrong. When you see something, say something. Do something. And if you know where Justin is and you're hearing my voice, you need to call the Philadelphia Police Department. Call that hotline. Give any information you possibly can. Anything will help. We have to bring him to justice. This can't go unanswered. This whole situation, it needs to be under wraps for her family and bring justice to Deanna. Um, I just want to say, Deanna, wherever you are, and I'm sure you're in heaven, you and that beautiful baby, I'm sorry that this happened to you and myself and others that care will make sure that we do all we can to bring you justice and to hold Justin Smith accountable we're gonna get him and we're gonna get him with the help of you guys well that's the end of this episode I told you it would be sad I'm sorry but um i thank you for tuning in and i just want to thank you all 
And um, this show was produced by myself. And I wanted to give a shout out to my friend Phil Thompson at Fillmore Beats. He actually did the um, the music for my um, background and actually um, for the podcast. So I want to send my appreciation and thanks to him. But I also thank you guys. And I pray that you have a great week ahead. And I will see you next week for episode three. And I'm signing off. Toodles. Please send me your container box, box over cabin.